Superhero Stuff You Should Know is part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. Hey, this is Ben from Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and I have an important announcement for you guys. At the end of every single episode of Superhero Stuff You Should Know, you might hear a shout out to our fans, one of whom is Matt Herring, who was one of the original Superhouse fans. He's always given us his support, and now it's time that we support him. Uh, we've just recently found out that Matt has been diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer. And as a cancer survivor myself, I know personally that there's a lot of emotional and financial strain that comes into that. Uh, his wife, Kelly, has set up a GoFundMe account at GoFundMe.com slash F slash Matthew hyphen kicks hyphen cancer 039S hyphen butt. Uh, and hopefully you can help reduce the financial strain to that, as well as some of the emotional strain that comes with that. Again, that's GoFundMe.com slash F slash Matthew dash kicks dash cancer 039S dash butt. Matt Herring was the first, I guess you could say, true Superhouse fan. We were Superhouse at that time. You know, the first fan of this podcast and what we do here and um, has always supported us, talked about us, and um, he's from a town close to where I'm from, and uh, so we share that as well, and just a huge superhero fan, and, you know, nerd like the rest of us, and now he's going through that, and uh, if you could donate just at least any amount of money to that link that Ben just said, that would be truly appreciated just hang in there matt you'll beat this thing soon all right clayface i kind of already know the answer to this but what is your experience with heroics well it's quite long indeed uh, i kind of doubt that i have been on ncis Many times as Officer Basil Basington, and also I was in one Dexter episode, and I showed up on Netflix's Acclaim series Mindhunter as a background corpse. <laughs> right, I know that I have your IMDb right here, but fantastic! This is an audition for being one of our crew, the Gotham Knights. I need people who are experienced and will do the job required of them. Can you do that? Yes, I can perform in any role. I was also in the remake of Hawaii Five-O a few years ago as as a one-bit role where in which I shot a gun. Can you believe it? Wait, that show's still on? There was a remake Jeez. a few years ago with John Cho, I believe. Actually, according to the back computer, it was Daniel Day Kim. Oh, I'm not racist. All right, fair enough, but no guns, no killing. You understand that, right? Yes, it's no problem at all. You see, I can do stretchy moves as well. So it's, I can extend my body very far, so that should come in handy, should it not? Okay, let's run you through a few scenarios. It's a hostage situation. The criminal has a knife to the hostage's throat. What do you do? I return to one of my most famous roles in which... I assume the role of Mel Gibson's cousin from Lethal Weapon 3, in which I simply appear behind the person with the holding the knife, and then I twist their neck. That should take them out cold, shouldn't it? <laughs> I said no killing. Oh. Also, the correct answer is to throw a battering. Only one answer? I mean, there's others, but that's still better than what you what you were proposing. Huh. 
I'll have to rethink the ways in which I assume this role because I am a superior actor. Clayface, I'm giving you one chance and one chance alone. You said that you've reformed. Yes, I have reformed. I have taken many forms. Yes, of course. That's not what I mean. Oh. I'm talking about redemption, saving lives. That's probably, yes. All right, one last scenario. The Joker has a bomb. There's only three seconds left. What do you do? I eat the bomb! Actually, that's not bad, but what do you do with Joker? Oh, uh, I defer to you and your excellence, my dear bat. Huh. I eat the bomb and then you chase the clown, you see. That's your role, I have mine. The world's a stage and whatnot and we're all actors in it. You know that old chestnut from the sea? Right, right. Okay. There's some promise then. This is not bad. Alright, one last scenario. Since it looks like I'm in a forgiving mood. Let's say that the roles were reversed and you had Joker cornered in an alley. And you I'm eat the bomb! I defuse the bomb. Ah, but anyway, okay, okay. You're with Joker. No one else is around. What do you do to incapacitate him? I eat the Joker! Alright, you know what? I'm just throwing you back into Arkham. You're not ready for this. What?! It is October 2020, and in the spirit of Halloween, and I guess 2020, because who knows what the hell else is going to happen this year, we're going to talk about the Robin who came back from the dead, Jason Todd, the Red Hood, in our special deep dive into the movie and the storyline of Under the Red Hood. Look, if you were a dark boy, or a dark <laughs> girl, or a dark non-binary, you will absolutely love this show and this, this movie. movie yeah. This is one of the darkest ones. Usually, I'm... Not, I mean, you know, I feel like... A lot Andrew of, has seen this one. Yeah, I have seen this one. <laughs> but a lot of uh, comic book fans um, have a kind of a knee-jerk reaction sometimes to the Zack Snyder, overly dark. Mm -hmm. People use the word grim dark. It's not a word, really, but that was thrown around online a lot right. back in the day. With an exclamation point. <laughs> yeah. Grim dark is one word. Yeah. But just to get, just to kind of express my point there, like, generally, I'm somewhat in that camp, but this is a dark one. That's an extremely good one. Yes, yeah. You know? I think it depends on what sto what the story calls for yes, and what it is yes, yes. on here. And I don't think you can do this type of story without like going there. Right. In there. So uh, I think the most famous version of the story is, of course, the 2010 Under the Red Hood animated movie. Uh, that's sort of how our way in uh, for today. And, yeah, like I said, it's one of the best ones. This, this one damn near... You're going to hate me for this. It damn near rivals Phantasm for me. No, no, no. It's I, so I understand. Good. No, I understand. This is a top-tier animated film in the Batverse for me. Probably a lot of people. Um, and it does have a lot to do with that Cracker Jack third act. Yes. Um, yeah. But well, I guess we'll get into that. I would, I would argue it might even be a better third act than Phantasm, simply because of just... Like, the the ending of Phantasm didn't present Bruce with as big of a choice right, as he right. had in this one, where Jason presents to him, it's either him or me, type of thing. This one really, like, it's like goes to red alert level, whereas, like, Phantasm is classy, and it's, it really is like the Citizen Kane of Batman films. Right. Uh, 
And this one just, it's like you're, I don't know, man. It's so tense. Yeah. It's such a tense movie. They're both pretty solid. I, w- I would yeah. rank it, uh, you know, a very close second. Uh, not just in terms of animated Batman movies, but just Batman movies in general. This is your number me. two. This is probably my number two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very okay. close, very close. Let me present then a question to you guys, as well as the audience. What do you consider to be the origin of the Red Hood in the sense of, like, Jason Todd comes back from the dead, right? And he decides to be the opposite of what Batman taught him to be yeah. of killing criminals. Where do you think that starts from? It comes from... It was originally Joker, right? Well, the the moniker of the red hood does come from the joker and so he sort of takes on the identity of that to sort of remind batman of the whole like as he says in the movie like this scene of your greatest failure type of thing so he wants to sort of take on retake on joker's previous role to sort of say that to him yeah right it's like fuck you it's a little it's it's a little complicated but Uh i think it still works but i guess my question wasn't necessarily where he got the red hood name so much as the ideology of like batman you don't do enough oh where that where that or where that originates in the comics where do you yeah where do you think that came from uh in the character like because he does come back from the dead but that doesn't necessarily equate to him being like well therefore this is what i'm gonna do you like, don't what lays do into enough that? what villain yeah it's not as easy as it's not as easy as joker right i'm not sure Bottom line has been, I do not know. All right. Well, thankfully, <laughs> we're going to use this episode to dive into this is everything you didn't know about the Red Hood or Jason Todd as it pertains oh, to Under it's the Red Hood. It's called edutainment, y'all. Yes. Have you ever heard of it? So I would say that the true origin of the Red Hood dates all the way back to 1988. Lord have mercy. It is the year I was born. Uh, it's 1988. Yes. It was and, a very uh, good year. Batman number 422, I would specify. Written by Jim Starlin, who uh, for most people remember him from the Infinity Gauntlet of Marvel. So he not only created the snap, but he also killed Jason Todd. And this guy is <laughs> this guy's dark. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and he also wrote The Cult. Uh, which is the story that I brought over in uh, The Dark Knight Rises that had a whole bunch of stuff about people getting imprisoned in the sewers and everything. So it's he has a lot of dark shades in, in the Batman mythos. Okay. And that, that story also had the Jason Todd Robin. Uh, so in Batman 422, the, it was art by M.D. Bright, inks by Joe Rubenstein and Steve Mitchell. Uh, Robin at one Joe point... Joe Rogenstein? Joe Rubenstein. Rubenstein. Oh, Rubenstein. I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So Robin beats the shit out of a villain to the point where Batman has to hold him back. And he's like, what were you trying to do? Kill him? And Jason just shrugs and says, would it it have been that big of a loss if I had? And he walks away from Batman. So this is in the DNA. This is in the DNA from the get go. Not added on later. Not added on later. Jason Todd's always been a a maniac. Well, like there was a part where (laughs) Jason Todd tries to avenge the death of his dad, but you would think, like okay that's understandable though yeah. this is the first time where it's like okay wait a minute this isn't just a whole like you killed my father type of thing right. this is just this is how jason does stuff how he thinks he can get shit done and right. starlin didn't just it wasn't just a one and done thing he was setting something up because two issues later is batman 424 which i think is the true origin of the red hood okay before death in the family and it's one that not a lot of people talk that much about it is somewhat famous if you're a big jason todd fan uh but it's called the diplomat's son okay also written by starlin (laughs) with pencils by md bright and inks by steve mitchell 
Uh, so it starts where Jason hears a woman scream in an apartment, and he arrives there, and he fights a couple of men. And uh, Batman arrives to help Robin in the fight with these two men, and once they take them out, they try to figure out what the source of the scream was. And what they find is a woman who's been beaten and is lying in the man's bed. Okay. So shit got dark. Uh, her name is Gloria, and they bring her to the GCPD, and she brings up her story where she was sexually assaulted by a man named Felipe Garzonas. And this is the second time he's assaulted her. She didn't report the first one out of shame. And Gordon comes in to report that they do not have enough evidence against Felipe. Okay. On top of that, Makes he sense is so the far. son of a diplomat. Oh, yeah. So okay. he's got diplomatic immunity. And Jason's like, it's just been revoked. No, that's the wrong Does story. diplomatic immunity mean like diplomats can just fucking do anything? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> they don't have any laws that apply to them? <laughs> apparently. What the fuck is that all about? I, I, I don't know. But in this, in this world, at least... Uh, that that is carried over. So Gloria, of course, is horrified because this means that with immunity, Felipe can do whatever the hell he wants to her. Okay. So Jason Todd takes it upon himself, since he was the one who, who cornered this, to help fix this and see if they can find a way to get to Felipe. Starts Bat- with righteous anger. Yes. So yeah. Batman plans to disgrace Felipe and expose his drug use, and, and Jason isn't satisfied by that, but they're like, this is the best that we can do because even if we try to arrest him, uh, he's gonna get out anyway okay so they say what if instead we disgrace him because of his connection to his dad and ruin his potential future political career by busting him for drugs so they end up doing that of course he gets set free but when he gets set free he calls gloria in front of robin saying like hey i'm coming over for a good time okay and jason todd flies off the handle and Batman holds him back, and Felipe leaves, and Batman and Robin immediately rush over to Gloria's place to find that because of her fear of Felipe and what he's about to do to her, uh, she has hanged herself. Oh, shit. This is so, so dark, bro. Why so, is Jim Starling got to be so dark all the time? So this is what we got. So uh, <laughs> Robin disappears to go after Felipe, and we cut to Felipe in his apartment, and he's like, Jason Todd shows up at Felipe's apartment. And Felipe's, like, out in the balcony having a drink for his freedom, of course. And Jason Todd swoops down and says, Felipe. And the next panel is Felipe is Felipe. I'm putting falling. a red bowl over my head from now on. And I'm going t- to carry two guns. Two motherfucking oozies. Okay, so Robin swoops down and says, Felipe. <laughs> next panel is Felipe falling to his death. Oh, shit. And Be from that shit, bitch. And Batman shows up. And Robin isn't saying anything. And Batman's like, Robin, did he fall or was he pushed? And Robin <laughs> just says, I guess I spooked him. He slipped. Oh, God. Anyway. So here we go. So people reading this in 1988 yes. are like, whoa, what's going on here? Well, Robin, yeah. Yeah, that exactly. Es- the meme, that escalated quickly, that began here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're left with this unsettling feeling that Robin is lying and he pushed the guy. I feel like that is the actual origin, though, of the Red Hood. It doesn't stem from, like, Judd Winnick is the writer who not only wrote the original comic, but he also wrote the movie of Under the Red Hood. Okay. Uh, But I think he was just drawing off of what he had already read in the 80s. Okay. Like, this is a major storyline of, like, Robin potentially has, is going bad. Right. Type of thing. Right, right, right. Uh, But you can kind of understand him and and sympathize with him, because it's just like, if you were honestly in his shoes... Can you really blame him? Yeah, they try to set up... I mean, yeah, this is how you write in a gray zone here. But the thing is, though, he's not... Oh, yeah, it's diplomatic immunity, so... Right. Yeah, they they really wrote 
Yeah, it's, it's written well so far. Yeah, sure. Starlin yeah. has has it, pretty much written in the corner, and Starlin. It's like they, it's like they're paid to do this, and yes. are professionals, and are good at this shit. Uh, Starlin was also the writer who <laughs> killed Jason Todd. He was the one who wrote a Death in the Family uh, okay. as well, which we will cover for our Death in the Family deep dive because on October thirteenth is going to be the release of a Death in the Family, the interactive short. Uh, which we'll be covering. So we will be doing a prequel. We will do our own little prequel episode covering A Death in the Family and Jason Todd's origins before, you know, his supposed death. So next question then. How did Jason Todd come back from the dead? The Lazarus Pit, duh, next. Not quite as simple as it seems. Oh, man. So (laughs) That's how he got all crazy-like. I guess he's going crazy before that in this iteration, huh? Kind of, yeah. So let's go, let's do a deep dive into how Jason came back in the comics. Because in the movie, it's it's a lot simpler. Ra's al Ghul puts him in the Lazarus Pit to sort of give him back to Bruce, feeling guilty about what happened with Joker. In the comics, however, Ra's al Ghul was not involved at all in A Death in the Family. Okay. So he he played no part of that. Uh, so it was originally thought of to bring Jason Todd back in the storyline Hush. Uh, if you guys have read Hush, there's a sequence in the middle of it where it seems as if Hush is Jason Todd. Uh, but then it turns out to just be the real Hush fucking around with him and having Clayface, uh, impersonate Jason Todd for that period of time. Okay. But that kind of set the idea in people's minds of like, oh, what if Jason Todd did come back? Uh, and one of those people who thought of it was also Jeff Johns. So in an interview... Wait a second. Jeff Johns is working at DC in the 80s? Late 80s? No, no, no. no. This is like the uh, Hush. Hush. Oh, yeah. Like that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or so. Uh, yeah. So in an interview for uh, the hardcover for the story Infinite Crisis, uh, Janine Schaefer states that Jeff Johns had actually planned to reveal a different version of Jason Todd coming back as the Red Hood. Well, Jeff's idea was to have Red Hood be the Jason Todd of Earth 2. So he'd be this kid who wanted to be Batman's sidekick. He sneaks into the Batcave, and the first thing he sees as he boots up the Batcomputer is Batman murdered. And so he uses Bruce's stuff, training himself to take over for him. I think there was even talk of his possibly being Deathstroke's Robin. <laughs> All right, thank you, Janine. <laughs> so uh, there were a lot of different ideas to bring back Jason Todd, but it looks like uh, Jeff Johns' idea was to make him Jason Todd of an alternate universe. Lord, it's better to podcast in person, y'all. I'm yeah. glad to be back in the Ben Cave. <laughs> Sorry, here we go. Same here. We're yeah. going in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, bunga, bunga, bunga Bunga Lounge. Yes. The Bat uh, Bunga Bunga Lounge. Yes. So uh, <laughs> that was the original idea, but Judd Winnick was the one who ended up getting the prize of actually bringing him back from the dead but yeah he became a comic book writer and so in batman annual number 25 which was written after under the red hood uh or under the hood actually as it was called in the comics it was not under the red hood is actually just the title of the movie oh yeah okay yeah. uh batman annual number 25 sort of revealed everything pencils were by shane davis and inks were by mark morales and uh the reason for him coming back ties into the big dc crossover event infinite crisis okay which is their uh their take on well it's their sequel to crisis on infinite earths right basically multiverse in peril that type of stuff uh and one of the one of the main villains in that multiverse is superboy prime uh-huh. he's from a yeah, prime i think Earth. i'm i've heard some yeah. things about this yeah. yes you don't need to know that much about him for this specific deep dive other than the fact that he is trapped in this sort of paradise dimension 
It is uh, a good name. And he decides to punch his way through. And when he punches against the barrier, uh, it causes temporal ripples <laughs> across the multiverse. One of those ripples creates the resurrection of Jason Todd. So it's not Barry this time fucking shit up. <laughs> you know, running no, too fast it's and super fucking boring. up yeah. the whole multiverse. Yeah, this is not. This is pre-Flashpoint and stuff. So because of Superboy Prime, Jason Todd wakes up in his coffin. Uh, okay. Now, obviously, Bruce didn't bury him in the Robin outfit, so he has no tools to get himself out. So oh, he yeah. claws his way out using his training Dude. to unbury himself. If you broke the, the wood, you probably could, I guess, you have a bloody-ass hand... But then you got all the dirt crushing down. But then the dirt crushes down on you. Like I mean, it's a cool image. I'd love to think that it would that it's actually could happen. But my skeptical brain in the real world, you know. I'll I'll tell you this. I would rather get crushed by the dirt than just wait to die of suffocation. That's true. I mean, yeah, you definitely try. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So Jason Todd breaks out of his coffin, and he's somewhat brain dead at this point. Uh, The only word he can say is Bruce. Okay. Uh, so he's found by a bunch of cops, and they put him in the hospital, and he escapes from that hospital, but he's, like, barely functional. Okay. And so word gets around that this is happening, and the person who hears about it is Talia al Ghul. Okay. Who has a small... She has a short cameo in Under the Red Hood. Apparently, they did actually get a voice actress, to, because she, so she'll actually get lines in A Death right, in the Family. Right, uh, So we'll see. But uh, Talia takes Jason to her father, and Jason, uh, Jason's death... You know, is known amongst the League of Assassins and everything, but Roz thinks maybe his death was a ruse then, because obviously. Uh, but Talia decides to help Jason, and this is this was expanded upon in a six-issue story arc called Red Hood: The Lost Days. Okay. Uh, so it's a prequel to Under the Red Hood, uh, sort okay. of in between Death of the Family and Under the Red Hood, uh, but it covers a lot more about what happens. And so Jason is brain dead for a year with the League of Assassins. Uh, spends a full year with them. Talia is uh, trying her best to help him out. And uh, Roz gets frustrated by it. And uh, here's the quote that he says to Talia, where he says, quote, If you are able to perform a miracle and restore this boy to everything he was, and then with every hair in place return him to the detective, it will not make him love you. So, uh, so Roz knows that Talia is mainly doing this in order to sort of make Bruce happy. Okay. And uh, brings up that Batman will not return her love. Instead, he will only demand, why was Jason kept from me this whole entire time then? Okay. Especially for a full year. So so Roz is like, you will keep Jason a secret. You will, you will cease this and you will go back to working with me in the League of Assassins okay. and all that. So uh, Talia decides to defy her father and that's when she throws Jason into the Lazarus pit. Okay, so this is... Later of, in the game than you would expect. Yeah, yeah, to sort of restore his memory okay. uh, as well and sort of bring him back to life since it's basically just been his body and the only thing he's able to do is fight whenever he's attacked. Okay. But he can't, you know, form a coherent sentence or anything like that. So Talia helps Jason escape after throwing him into the Lazarus pit. He's a, he's a year where he can, he can walk around and function, but he can't yeah. talk. Yeah, yeah, thanks to Superboy Prime. Talia helps Jason escape from the Lazarus pit because now Roz's people are like, you did this unsanctioned dip into the Lazarus pit. This was somebody who wasn't supposed to be in there. Roz is obviously all about the rules. So. Yeah, Roz is Roz is pissed off. Does uh, he? Do you walk into the Lazarus pit naked? Uh, you can wear stuff in it. You can, you wear, can stuff, wear stuff in but, it? I think I would go butt-ass naked in that motherfucker. Yeah. I would dive straight in and walk out yes. fresh as hell. Goddamn. Woo! Just dying out. <laughs> I'm and going chill back out to three years respect. old, baby. <laughs> so, 
Uh, Talia says to Jason before she basically pushes him off a roof so he can fall into the water and escape. She says, you remain unavenged. And then here's what's weird. She kisses him. Weird. Before she throws him into the water. Now, this is weird because... I keep having to remember that he's not Damien. That's not his mom. Yeah, but Jason is considered to be Bruce's son, and she's in love with Bruce. Not, You know what I mean? It's just weird. She likes many types of men. This kiss is only in Batman Annual number 25. There is no kiss in Red Hood, The Lost Days. However, something else happens with them that I'll go into later when we get to that point. So Judd Winnick clearly had a thing for Talia and Jason for some reason. Uh, two characters who I don't think had ever interacted with each other in the 80s, at least not the not uh, the one that Jim Starlin had characterized and everything. Okay. She pushes him off, and he falls to the water, and uh, he she also sort of gave him a pack of stuff and it's information that shows what's happened since he died okay. uh, in the warehouse explosion. And he sees that Joker is still alive. Of course he is. And that's what enrages him. Does Joker ever go in a Lazarus pit? Does that ever happen? I think that did, actually, at one point. It must have at some point. I think it did, He got even crazier. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's how he became homicidal in the 70s. Uh, So let's see. Roswell Ghoul, meanwhile, is pissed that Talia has put him in the pit since he sees Jason is like this unknown power and that she has, you know, you've paired this unknown power with the pit. How dare you, Talia? And so uh, he decides to, you know, she must clean up this mess that she's created so they start hunting after jason but he loses them because again this is the guy who was trained by batman and he gets on the plane to gotham and he decides to make bruce pay so they've explained how he got to gotham no problem he got on a plane uh, he basically stowed away on a mercenary transport at least he explained it take that again goyer boom jason spies on the batmobile which is drawn like the 1989 batmobile in lost days which i thought was really cool this was uh this is an 88, right? So this is like they're ahead of the curve here. Well, no, 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 no. This, when is, this is Red Hood Lost Days. This oh, is, I'm sorry. Okay. I keep getting lost. <laughs> 80s, 80s, Jason was dead. 2000s was all about Jason still being alive. Okay, so okay, okay, okay. we're in the 2000s now. So it's, it's drawn like okay. the 89 Batmobile. Ah, copy that. Right. And he sort of sets up this arms deal between criminals, like with the Penguin and stuff, so that Batman would have a distraction. Uh, so Batman's distracted and he parks the Batmobile and Jason knows all of the Batmobile security because again okay. he was Robin this is what I yeah. love about the Red Hood story is that like it's when Robin goes bad it's everybody he's a guy who's taken all of Batman's training and uses it against him yeah so, so the trust obviously is yeah yeah. there's so much trust put into this character into all your secrets yes. and then this yeah of course there's a lot going on there yeah so he knows Batmobile security he knows what will, what it will detect and won't detect so he, he wears a suit that won't get detected by it so he can step onto it and place a bomb on the Batmobile. Okay. And, uh, it's pretty, pretty, pretty rough right Yeah. There. Batman comes back and Jason is very close to detonating it, but then he stops himself. And the reason why, as he tells Talia, is, quote, he'd never know it was me. Ah, uh, he wants him to and know. And I want him to know it was me. But if he's going to be dead. So tell, he tells Talia that now he plans to kill Batman and asks, will you help me? Okay. And Talia says yes, but in the back of her mind it says, quote, my father was right. I've unleashed a curse upon ah, the world. Now, yeah, I, I see how it's written now. He 
even though he is going to die, he wants the satisfaction of Bruce knowing that in his final moments. Right. Yes, exactly. I got exactly. it. Yes. So that's why he decides that <clears throat> that's too easy. Uh, and so for him to do this, he decides to undergo some training based off of Talia's suggestion. And Talia sets him up with some of the greatest mercenaries in the world to train him over the years. So this is sort of explains why Jason Todd is suddenly so good with guns and knives and stuff. Because clearly Batman didn't train him in that stuff. Yeah. Right. How is he so good at shooting? Well, right. This is where this is what covers it in Red Hood: The Lost Days. We can, we've, we've covered before that Batman sucks at marksmanship. <laughs> well, in the training stuff, and in, in other versions, he is pretty good at it, just so that he knows. Well, like in the Telltale Deadshot one, where he saves Alfred mm-hmm. by shooting oh, Deadshot, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the gun out of Deadshot's hand. Uh, but anyway, uh, Jason Todd undergoes training from a man named Egon to learn how to kill. Egon. Yes. From goddamn. Is this a crossover. <laughs> You mean that guy from that other thing? Yeah, over there. No, no, no. no, no. He, he's he's a mercenary. He apparently Egon really loves energy drinks. Uh, but <laughs> I would love, I'd love for that Egon to also be busting ghosts and just getting them. <laughs> Imagine a, using the proton pack to capture um. Uh, uh, Boston brand. Definitely. Oh yeah. Oh man, what's I mean, this? Technically, Jason Todd's kind of a ghost because he came back from the dead. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. But he also finds out that Egon, in addition to being a Ghostbuster, is dealing in <laughs> child trafficking. He's a very busy man. He's different in child trafficking. He's yeah. Wow, this and, takes all the fun out of it then. And Jason decides he's going to stop Egon. And so when he shows up to stop him, he has he's armed with a gun and he's wearing a red hoodie. So this okay. is sort of the evolution. This is the updated version. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, lo- it it does take a little bit out of the, the mystique out yes. of yes. So just, just adding the, the the one extra syllable. Yeah, Egon gets pissed. Tells him maybe he should change his name from Red Hoodie to Red Hood. Uh, and then <laughs> he fights Jason. And he and yeah, <laughs> Egon brings up. He's like, "You think I teach you a few strikes and now you can go toe to toe with me?" And Jason says, "No, that's why I poisoned your drink." Okay. And Egon suddenly collapses and dies to the poison. Damn. So Cold Jason outfought his opponent. Uh, beforehand, and so he drops the children off at his embassy at the embassy, and he burns everything down. And he decides that's what he's going to do. He's going to learn from all these mercenaries that Talia hooks him up with, and then he's going to kill each one of them for okay. being who they are. Uh, and it's also revealed that Talia is doing this because she secretly is trying to stall Jason from killing okay. Bruce. She knows that Jason's fully capable of doing it, but Batman is her beloved. So that's what makes this a really interesting story uh, as a prequel. And again, Talia is not, has no real role in the Under the Red Hood comic or the movie, really. Uh, but she did apparently have a huge role in his resurrection in the comics. And, because she's uh, uh, all ghoul. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's, got so, all, she's connected. Yeah, yeah. So she's secretly stalling Jason so that he might have a change of heart and decide not to help, uh, not, not to kill Batman type okay. of thing. Uh, however, to sort of egg him on further, she shows him a picture of Batman and the latest Robin. And okay. Jason sees Robin, and he's like, who is he? And she's like, his name is Timothy Drake. A third one? <laughs> and God Jason breaks down at that point, and he, he wonders why, of course, Batman is so willing to throw children into the line of fire and that type of stuff. He basically <laughs> feels like Batman forgot about him because he didn't avenge his death with, with Joker, and then he easily replaced him like less than a year this, later. This with is Tim similar Drake. to the movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you yeah. Know, this is all these these themes are overlapping now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so Jason is now doing this full thing of goes to mercenaries, learns everything he can from them, then kills them. He's basically on his own tra- like training regimen and journey that Bruce was except Bruce didn't kill his, tra- his, his teachers afterwards so uh, Jason ends up finding out that the Russian mob is going to have uh, his mentor in explosives okay. plant these explosives all over London and frame 
uh, frame a bunch of Muslims for it. Basically, <laughs> they're, they're doing a bunch of fake terrorist attacks to make the police and the government be more concerned about that than this is them. The mid, this is like the late 2000s? This is like 2008 or so, I'd say. When so this, ISIS this is, is going on. This is written, this is written after uh, Under the Red Hood. No, ISIS is, that didn't happen until a little 2008, bit 2008, 2010 or so. So like Al-Qaeda, I think, had been yeah, taken maybe out. maybe something like that. It they're, was like in between Al-Qaeda and ISIS. From that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, but anyway, Jason knows that a bunch of innocent people are going to be killed. Not just the people caught in the crossfire, but also the people who they target as suicide bombers. Okay. So he interrogates his mentor, obviously all gloves are off, and being like, all right, guess you're not teaching me anymore. Now I'm going to kill you if you don't tell me what I want. And his mentor gives up all the people uh, that the mob are going to target, and uh, Jason saves all of them and ends up killing a bunch of Russian mobsters who come after him, knowing that he's the one who foiled it. And when he gets to the last guy, the guy keeps offering him like money and connections and things like that, and Jason's like, I'm not interested in any of that. Goodbye. And the guy says, I know where the Joker is. And Jason okay. stops and says, okay, now I'm interested. Okay. So uh, it turns out Joker is in California. He's in Los Angeles. He's in our, he's in our town. <laughs> and he's not standing out at all. This is everybody. He looks like fucking everybody else on Hollywood Boulevard. Yes. Uh, so Joker's trying to get a chemical that will turn water into a fire. Because he wants the joke that you're going to go into your shower and turn on the water and fires is going to burn you to death. So gasoline, closest thing. I mean, lighter fluid, like water, but actual H two O. It'll like it'll turn water into fire, basically. Yeah. How does that happen? Comics, everybody. <laughs> so you you, uh, <laughs> you add gasoline to water? I don't know. All right, I'm going to stop trying to figure he, it out. Well, he tracks down the Joker and tries to stop him, and he douses the Joker in gasoline. And not, he, he's not, not wearing the Red Hood outfit yet. He, he's just in some sort of mask uh, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And he has the lighter, and he realizes if he does this, it's still not going to be satisfying to him. So it's kind of a repeated beat, honestly, of yeah. like, oh, I'm not going to kill the Joker yet because Under the Red Hood hasn't happened, and I need to have that confrontation. <laughs> okay. This is where he, he realizes he wants Batman's attention. He wants to make this about him, Bruce, and the Joker. Okay. And again, killing Joker here, he could easily do it, but... He wants Bruce to do it. Okay. That type of thing. This is what this whole thing has been about. So he escapes and he tells Talia that he wants it to come down to the three of them. He also knows that Talia was stalling him the whole time, but he isn't sure, you know, he, he isn't sure whether or not she was successful because maybe he doesn't really want to kill Bruce. Maybe he just wants to make Bruce kill the Joker. So Talia says, well, you can punish him instead. You can be better than him. You can be what Batman can't be for Gotham. And then shit gets weird because Talia makes out with Jason and then has sex with him. <laughs> so I really lost in those days. Nobody's Batman. brought this up in the comics, but I I'm waiting for the day Jason turns to Damien and gets too pissed off at him and says, "I fucked your mom." That would be incredible. Yes, <laughs> that would be incredible. And I also don't know if Bruce knows that this happened either, but he could have just brought that up too in Under the Red Hood, uh, for all we know. The but. thing is, though, it was this brought over into fucking Rebirth. Yeah, I don't know. This is even before New 52, maybe. This is before New 52. So it's been rewritten fucking twice since Well, in, in the what New the 52. Fuck is canon? In the New 52, I think he was just brought it back through the Lazarus Pit, like in the movie. Because it would have been too much to explain like yeah there was superboy prime and infinite crisis and all that bullshit like it's yeah i think they kept it 
pretty much like the movie in that case. So I don't think it carries over anymore. But in that continuity, in the original continuity, yeah. that would have been hilarious. Uh, so uh, Talia helps set... Damien would get so pissed, dude. He's always pissed, though. <laughs> Talia sets him up with Hush. And this is where how Jason gets involved in that storyline. Jason offers to help Hush get into Bruce's head. And Hush asks him, well, I need to know something. Edward Nigma went through the Lazarus pit and figured out that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Is that true? And Jason confirms, yes, Bruce Wayne is Batman. And so sets <laughs> Hush on the path to that Hush storyline. that chin. Yes. God damn it. And uh, Talia, in return, gifts a dagger that is similar to the type that her father used to carry. She gives the dagger to... Jason Todd. So if you remember in the movie, he kind of has that knife that he uses to cut Batman's utility belt and he uses to stab people. That's actually a gift from Talia. Oh, shit. Okay. So, and that is our, uh, that's the prequel to Red Hood, The Lost Days. But uh, when we get back from the break, we will cover what is actually in the comic book that isn't in the movie of Under the Red Hood. Yikes. Welcome to Shifties. Can I take your order, sir? I'm assuming you're a guy. Yes, hi. I'm in a bit of a hurry. I'm fighting crime. Wow, that sounds pretty cool. So what do you have? Does the number two come without mayonnaise? or does it, it comes come however you want it, sir. Can I get no mayonnaise on the number two? Um, what do you have in the way of desserts? We've got rhubarb pie. Rub- isn't that some type of celery? No, it's it's a pie. Do you happen to have any ice cream treats? We have all kinds of pies, as well as burgers. Okay, I'll take a pie. I'll take a number two with a Coke. What kind of pie? Um, key lime? Okay, key lime pie, and a number two with no mayonnaise. What about your drink to complete your order, sir? I quite like Dr. Pepper. We don't have Dr. Pepper. We only have Mr. Pibb. Is that okay? Pibb is actually much much better yes okay drive around to the window please how much will that be i'm didn't bring my wallet i'm short on change it'll be 45 dollars and 33 cents wow there really is no accounting for inflation Everybody, if you like that little preview to the sketch right there we have that plus news plus we're bringing back some opinion pieces and uh, review type stuff and all kinds of stuff in our $5 tier on Patreon. So just go to patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod. And if you become part of the $5 tier, you can see these new bonus episodes. Basically, consider it Superhouse DLC. Oh! This is Dustin Lee Massey at Dustin Lee Massey from Instagram, and you're listening to Superhouse. Hey, this is Wolfie over here. Uh, constantly late, but I always make it. <laughs> I always show up. Yes. <laughs> so we are going to continue our deep dive into Under the Red Hood, but now going into the differences between the comic and the movie. So, as I said before, Judd Winnick is the writer of both. Well, he also wrote Red Hood: The Lost Days, but he wrote the comic book and the movie version of Under the Red Hood. Oh shit! So, okay. So they let uh, this guy just—he's the Red Hood guy. He, yeah, he is the. The main guy who brought back Jason Todd, the guy who's responsible for the heart of the story uh, of how to bring him back and, and why he would be wanting revenge on Batman the entire and time. And what, what are other major points of his overall oeuvre? Uh, well, oeuvre. what was 
I think Wolfie knows what show he was on. He was he was so Jed Winnick should change his name to Jed Winning. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, he was on the Real World season one, I believe. He really he wrote, was though. Yeah, no, that wasn't yeah. a joke. And so there really? was a cat. So to catch you up, Andrew, there was a cast member also on there named Pedro. I believe, uh, and they formed a, a deep bond, and then Pedro mm-hmm. ended up coming down with AIDS and dying from AIDS. This uh, is real? Sometime, yes, this is real. This is like a sometime, real story? Yeah. Yes, God damn it. Sometime after I never the, watched the real world, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't either, but I know I didn't either, was yeah. on it. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I learned about some of Jed Winnick's stuff from Wizard Magazine, because they did a profile on him as like mm-hmm. an indie up-and-comer or something so at one point. So, you mean to tell me somebody was successful on a reality show after the reality show? This is the most... Shocking thing, and also it's something thing. completely a, different. Like right. this isn't like American Idol, where it's just like, okay, Kelly Clarkson now has like record labels and stuff. Uh, and right, he's a right, super yeah. nice a guy. Movie. Yeah, and he wrote an acclaimed graphic novel called Pedro. I believe it's called Pedro, mm. or it's about Pedro, his friend from the real world. Boy, well, MTV this is the bat history lesson. left and right. I'm coming from all angles. Yes, I was raised by a television. Her name was Sorny. The Simpsons you are the Michelangelo of this group, bro. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, look at me. I'm a I'm out from Blue Hawaii. <laughs> you dirty rat. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a different it's one. Because I have ADD. Raph. That was Raph. I'm, I'm also you dirty dis- rat, right? Dyslexic. Nope, that was Michelangelo. That Get was your- Mike? Mm-hmm. Go back and listen to Superhero God Stuff You Should Know episode on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. <laughs> God damn it. One of our most popular episodes. <laughs> yes. So Judd Winnick, when asked about what the story was about and what he felt the heart of it was, he said the following. For me, that was the whole story. It was an opera. It's a great tragedy. Jason Todd took everything Batman ever taught him and twisted it. He wasn't exactly a villain, but he was doing some things that he was doing the things Batman would never do. He would kill. He would hurt. He's a wounded son, and I think people related to that in some way. It's a sad story, but at the heart of it, that's what Batman's story is. It's about loss. It's about tragedy. It's in that Batman finds his heroism. He finds out who he is. Judd Thank you, Judd. Yeah. You sound like, sort of, you remind me at least of Ethan Hawke. <laughs> oh, I like Ethan Hawke. <laughs> like sort of a pretentious artsy douchebag <laughs> <laughs> I mean I've never met fucking Ethan Hawke right, but so. I don't know just kind of that vibe we'll see uh, alright so let's go then into the differences between the comic book version and the movie version of Under the Red Hood so as I noted beforehand uh, the original title was actually well it had several titles but the first story arc was called Under the Hood not Under the Red Hood mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah it was mm-hmm. it was uh, obvious that this was going to be a new version of the Red Hood but the identity of who it was was kept a mystery for a few issues on mm. that. People suspected it was Jason Todd, though, because Hush had kind of teased to them the idea of Jason Todd coming back from the dead. Uh, yeah. So that was that was still like on the table that people were sort of guessing about. Uh, this was very firmly planted in the continuity of uh, Batman comics at the time. So this was kind of a follow-up to a storyline called War Games, where, thematically relevant, uh, Stephanie Brown had taken on the role of Robin and had been killed by Black Mask. Ooh. Robin's dying left and right. Yes. Tough. Uh, How many children have to die, Bruce? Yeah, I know. How many children have to die? Also, Oracle is not helping the team anymore. She got uh, nearly killed by Black Mask, and the clock tower, her watchtower, got blown up during war games. 
Uh, Tim Drake is busy with the Titans now, and Batman decides that he can't rely on anyone anymore or shouldn't rely <laughs> on anyone anymore. So he's basically doing the opposite arc that No Man's Land had set up in 1999, okay. where he's like, I need help. I need people. Right. That's the important lesson. And then years later, he's like, never mind. Right. <laughs> that is the current kind of bat thing, is yeah. where he doesn't yeah. need help. Exactly. He doesn't Family's help. tough, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, understatement. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's see. Wayne... Uh, Bruce finds out from Lucius Fox, though, that Wayne R&D has been wiped out due to a hostile corporate takeover, which is revealed in Red Hood Lost Days to have been orchestrated by Talia to sort of help out, uh, to help out Jason. This is Hal mainly... hath no fury. Like Talia scorned. That's right. Yes. That is true. So Talia is helping him out so that Jason has access to the R&D division for him to have his own gadgets and stuff as the Red Hood. Okay. So that part's not in the movie. Uh, also, uh, one of the things in terms of deep diving is that one of the hoodlums that the Red Hood talks to in that scene where all the hoodlums are gathered around, right. and he shows up and he throws the duffel bag full of heads, uh, one of the hoodlums is named Chi-Chi. So call back to our <laughs> Darren Aronofsky Batman Year One episode. Chi-Chi <laughs> is a character in huh. canon um, as okay, one of the drug peddling right. hoodlums uh, where right. Red Hood shows up. Uh, and Red Hood... Uh, Chi-Chi here debuts in sort of threatening all of them to be under his rule and he's voiced in the movie uh, very well in my opinion by Jensen Ackles uh, Jensen Ackles would later do cosplay as Jason Todd slash the Red Hood oh shit uh, he looks like him which is on uh I mean his hair is a little different from not like, as in shape the Rob well no 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 he's in shape I'm he's just in saying, shape he, his hair is just not like the Robin oh, hair oh, like yeah, what's cool yeah. is like like the whole reason why when he takes off the red hood he's got the robin look is so that you get the feeling of robin's the bad guy here even though really it doesn't make any sense for him to wear a mask under the helmet uh but right yeah yeah uh that's what they set up so that's that might be just you know he's just so used to wearing it i don't know there's some way i I think he mainly this is actually covered in a later storyline that judd Winnick wrote where a villain confronts somebody he's like why do you wear a mask under your hood and jason todd's like it was originally supposed to be, you know, symbolism for my mentor, but it kind of just stuck. I just like wearing it, man. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, there's that one, uh, isn't there one episode? I'm not episode, but there's a comic where uh, Batman's fighting Bane, and Bane's like, I know who you are, and he's putting on the mask anyway, and Batman says, I know, I am becoming. There's some line like mm. that in one of the comics. I'll look at which one, yeah. But it might be a similar kind of idea yeah. with with Jason Todd here. Yeah, it, it yeah. could be. It, it, it's mainly so that there's that effect from uh, from when he takes off the helmet, so that he sees Robin's face and not just Jason's face and stuff. Plus, it just helps for the viewer, I think. Yeah, a lot of. I mean, yes, yeah. It's, Otherwise, it's, it's just. Gonna ju- look like, it's, it is comics. Yeah. Let's let yeah. let's let it go, let yeah. something slide. Yeah. yeah. So, but Jason Jensen Ackles looks good as the Red Hood. Uh, in it, but it also kind of just looks like Jensen Ackles with a red mask on. Yeah, uh, okay. For when he's on, you know, when he has the helmet off. But I mean, it's a Halloween costume. It's not like he was, he was going to grow out his hair and dye it black just for a cosplay shoot. Uh, so let's see other differences from the movie. As you guys might remember, in the film, Batman and Nightwing end up fighting Amazo, the sort of cyborg that is programmed to take on the different powers of the of the rest of the Justice League. Yes. Amazo does have dialogue in the comic that's not in the movie. Uh, I think it's probably better for it, honestly. Uh, <laughs> Red Hood, however, kind of in the comic, he sort of uses Amazo to distract Batman and Nightwing so that he can get another part of Black Mask's shipment, which okay. is Kryptonite. Okay. 
Sure. So this stuff is not in the like basically Judd. It seems like he cut out anything that had to do with the larger DC universe or needed some sort of prior. Yeah, you don't knowledge. need it. Not for this. Not for this animated thing. Yeah. You know what I mean, like it's very obvious in the animated film that they want to establish. Hey, like the Robin who died is not Dick Grayson. The Robin who died is not the not, not the Robin that's the famous Robin. There's a spectrum of hardcore fans where ben, people like Ben, most hardcore, are like here, and then there's like people that have maybe seen Batman forever or some shit. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, like, pe- people that have seen uh, the DC animated universe are, like, somewhere in the middle headed towards hardcore. You know, there's a whole spectrum yeah, of yeah, that, yeah. that fans been. I'll have you I, know. I, I know, but I'm saying, like, it, it's, <laughs> it's interesting to watch the movie become its own standalone thing and cut all yeah. of these ties and and have many references on how, like, Nightwing's the original Robin, and Jason was like the the successor. There's even a line from Joker, being like, you know, at least you know the previous boy Wonder had better manners than you did. Like they they, right. they wanted to make sure that as a general Damn, audience member, you got the you Joker know. fucking icing you out, man. You yeah. need to get your shit together. He basically is is setting up like, hey, let's, let's make sure that they know this is not Dick Grayson. Okay. So uh, that made sense to me, but in the comic. It's kind of already established because, like, if you're reading Batman 420 something, you know, or more, you kind of already know the history or general history. Right, of stuff. right, right. Uh, Black Mask is very different in the movie, as well as different from Birds of Prey. He's kind of, uh, he's got a very funny sense of humor to him that's okay. different from the Joker or anything. Like, I'll, I'll go into different beats that you'll see where, he's, where he, he kind of. I want to hear one of his best jokes. Secretly. Uh, so. Uh, let's see. You guys also might remember he has a henchwoman in the movie, uh, yes, named uh, Lee, voiced by Kelly Hugh. Uh, but she was actually gender bent. The original oh, Lee character yeah. was a guy in the comic. Uh, I thought mm. that was interesting. Uh, and Lee Makes ends her up like a Mercy Graves kind of type. Kind well, I guess not every girl henchman is Mercy Graves. Yeah, she's not. Well, she can't fight in the movie. Uh, okay. but she kind of does sort of sarcastically have sort of these sarcastic, dry comments. Okay. To him in the movie, kind of like the Lee in the comics does. Just an overarching comment now. Yeah. You you think that Under the Red Hood going from from the page to the screen mm-hmm. made pretty much all the right decisions? Like, it I was think good so. they cut this, good they cut that? I Yeah, I, I would say so. I, I think it's... Unless you have your own... Con- like, what they try to do with the DC animated movie continuity, unless you already have movies establishing the stuff that came before, yeah, doesn't really... You don't really need to play around with, like, a lot of War Games type stuff. Like, Oracle is not in the movie, but they don't say, like, oh, Oracle's not helping us anymore. Okay. You can easily just cut that out so that people are yeah. wondering, like, okay, cut why isn't Oracle helping? Yeah. Directed as well as John Krasinski directed A Quiet, Quiet Place. Place. <laughs> if go back and watch that movie, it's... The script is okay, but he directs the shit out of it. (laughs) (laughs) So let's see. Uh, But one thing that you might like or prefer in the comic over the movie is that Black Mask decides that he needs help. And in the movie, he goes to ask for help from the Joker. But in the comic, he asks Mr. Freeze. Okay. And Mr. Freeze is the one who asks, I'm going to need something to wear. Uh, So Because that's what Joker says in, in the cell in Arkham Asylum. But in the comic, uh, Black Mask recruits Mr. Freeze to help take out the Red Hood. And they give him the sort of more lightweight armor okay, uh, for his suit and stuff. And so that Mr. Freeze is around. And, and Red Hood's like, I like that bowl on your head. Yeah. 
maybe I'll do. <laughs> Mr. Maybe Freeze kind of is like I don't. <laughs> Mr. Freeze is like I don't work for you that type yeah. of thing, and he freezes one of Black Mask slugs, and Black Mask okay. sort of looks at what he just did, and he's like. You're unpredictable. I can work with that. That was ice cold, baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's my line. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he basically sends Mr. Freeze to kill the Red Hood for interfering with his business because Red Hood's trying to, like, get him to uh, let him keep the kryptonite. And so Freeze should just dip Nora in the Lazarus pit. What? probably should. Oh just my dip God. her in that thing, man. <laughs> They need to cover that. Rosal Ghoul had the solution the entire time. Plot well, hole. Well, she does become a supervillain <laughs> at one point in the comics. She becomes Lazara. Lazara? As in From Lazarus. Lazarus. Pit. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Maybe that's it. And, and she does fire instead of ice. That girl, fire. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this. Okay. This is real. It's part maybe, of the Maybe that's what happened. And they. Uh, well, she even was brought to life in live action. Stephen Amell's wife. I forgot her name, uh, unfortunately. Uh, his she actual played, wife was in the show? His actual wife oh, was in the yeah. show it's playing Nora Mrs. Freeze. Stephen Amell. Yeah. <laughs> she was playing Nora Freeze, uh, but she wasn't like Lazara. She was using a freeze gun, but like she was. Okay. Like, Nora Freeze was in the was in the show. I stopped uh, after the third season or something. <laughs> it was a fine show. It was a fine show. You uh, watched the whole I watched all eight seasons. Yeah. Uh, I maybe got the four or five. Four of which were worth it. Uh, <laughs> so I stopped at the right time. Four or five of which were worth it, yeah. Uh, let's see. So Freeze goes, shows up, and he supposedly is going to pay off the Red Hood, and Red Hood's like, let me guess. There's basically the top layer is money, and the rest of it is a bunch of Chinese newspaper. And Mr. Freeze is like, actually, it's the Gotham Guardian. <laughs> and okay. they start shooting at each other. Uh, Jason puts an explosive on Mr. Freeze's helmet. <laughs> <laughs> And it just makes a dent into it. It doesn't do anything. And Mr. Freeze is like, congratulations, you succeeded in making me angry. <laughs> and goes after him. And, uh, but he ends up escaping. Well, Red Hood escapes as Batman and Nightwing take out Freeze. So Freeze is a very small part uh, in this. But it's cool that they added him in. As... You can't have two bullhead characters in one goddamn storyline for too long. I guess long. that's why they decided not to. And plus, like, he's not that necessary for it. One's clear, one's red. Yeah. That's it. So, uh, <laughs> at the end of Under the Hood, Red Hood tracks down Joker at a carnival. So, there was a story called Pushback, uh, where Joker uh, goes up against Hush. And for whatever reason, he decides to retire from crime a little bit and take a break at the carnival from the killing joke. Okay. He's just hiding out there. Red Hood ends up tracking him down uh, over there, and that's when he pulls out the crowbar and starts beating up the Joker and says, okay. tell me, how does that feel? And he takes off the helmet, and that's when you Ooh. get the reveal under the mask that's Jason Todd. Oh, shit. So that's how back, the, baby. the comic revealed that Jason was back, uh, as opposed to the movie where it was the whole uh, thing where Bruce is playing the clip and finds yeah. out that Red Hood addressed him as Bruce. Okay. Uh, so this was the original version. Uh, so other ties like into that. the rest of the DC universe is that Batman already suspects, like in the movie, that Jason Todd is the Red Hood. And he has to figure out how is this possible. So he starts asking other members of the DC universe who have been resurrected or know about magic and shit. So he asks Zatanna to help him investigate one of the Lazarus pits to make sure that it, it doesn't work anymore. He goes to Jason Blood for help. He goes to talk to Oliver Queen because Kevin Smith brought Oliver Queen back to life during yeah, the comics. Yeah, that run, right? People love that run. Oh, yeah. No, it's a fantastic run, too. I haven't read it. It's, it's, it's that good, huh? We'll do a deep dive. Okay. The Green Arrow, yeah. I'll read it at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I know I keep promising. Just like No Man's Land, right? <laughs> that shit's long, dude. 
<laughs> I warned you. Uh, okay, so Batman then goes to Metropolis and stops robbery and is about to get shot by a guy until super speed takes him away. And, of course, Superman arrives. So Superman is also Oh, in, so not the Flash. Okay. Under, under the Red Hood, yeah. Uh, and Superman talks to him. and, and This kid this is, is causing a stir. Yeah. Um, and super, he basically asks Superman, how did you come back to life? Because I'm trying to figure out the answers to these things here. Uh, referring to death of Superman. Yeah, referring to the death of Superman mm-hmm. and how okay. Doomsday killed him. And Superman's like, well, you know, you know how it happened. Doomsday didn't actually kill me. It was some sort of like sleep thing, dude, that Kryptonians have. And Batman's like, yeah, that's that's what we said it was because we couldn't understand anything else. Right. We saw that giant gray dude beat the fuck out of you. Obliterated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got one comic to open and one to keep. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing, man. <laughs> that white cover with the red S, yeah, I mean, yeah. It was a black cover too. Black like, cover, actually, yeah. Black, yeah. Black cover, yeah. That might have been a white one too. There's probably all kinds. Yeah. So, uh, but <laughs> Wolfie's mystified. He's confused. Nice now. background, by the way. Yeah, uh, he's, so he's, uh, put up. The, he gave us the signal. He gave us the signal. Uh, Batman goes back to Gotham, and there's there's a nice character moment where he is thinking about Jason's last moment, and he says, "Quote: Was he praying I'd come save him? And in those last moments, when he knew that I wouldn't." Did he hate me for it? So yeah, bro. He's he back. Yeah. Uh, this is the, so under the hood. Guns. Under the hood was a story that led up to the reveal that it was Jason Todd. This story is called Family Reunion. Okay. About the eventual meeting between Red Hood and Batman. Uh, Any Batman title with family in the title, the subtitle. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's going to be rough. The family. You're in for a harrowing adventure. Yes. So. Family reunion then goes over to another vigilante in Gotham named Onyx. I don't know this cool. one exactly. Onyx is is part of the War Games arc. It'd She's be weird if I did. Former, huh? yeah, it would be actually <laughs> Phoenix <laughs> Jones. Phoenix Onyx, Jones from Onyx. Seattle. Uh, she's a former League of Assassins member turned vigilante and like the only sanctioned vigilante by Batman. Uh, vigilante for good. In, yeah, for good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in War Games, so Batman does trust her. And she discovers the Red Hood's men uh, only for her to get caught by the Red Hood. Was she new at this time? She, she was, was somewhat new, She just yeah. debuted in this series? She debuted not? in War Games. That fucking movie, movie from the 80s? No, no, no. The storyline, oh, Batman okay. War Games. <laughs> Matthew Broderick? <laughs> she she was Matthew Broderick, yeah. Uh, so, so she gets caught by Red Hood, who then says, Hey, you want to kill my guys with me? And she's like, what? And then Red Hood goes down and starts killing his own men. Because okay. again, like he's he's not actually a crime boss. He just wants to sort of rule over it, and then he wants to kill get people. back at daddy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and then they fight the thugs, and he kills all of them with a machine gun. And Onyx is like, "You can't be sanctioned <laughs> by Batman. I can't help work with you." And uh, Red Hood's like, "Well, it's a funny thing that I already stabbed you." And she looks down, and she sees that she's been stabbed in the shoulder by the blade that Talia gave him. God, uh, damn. So Onyx is has been her. Appearance in this story has been short-lived, as well as her career as a vigilante in this. But uh, he only stabbed her in the shoulder, so she'll live. But Batman shows up, and that's where we get the Batman and Jason's first fight. Uh, that okay. leads into Batman eventually getting unmasked and Jason taking off the helmet. Uh, that we see at the end of Under the Red Hood, the movie, uh, but was kind of moved up timeline-wise in the uh, original comic. With Joker there? No, Joker's not here yet. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. He's kidnapped Joker, but he hasn't brought him into his plan yet. Okay. So Jason indicates that Batman doesn't get quite Cracker Jack enough yet. Not yet, yeah. Okay, you let me know. I will yes. when it gets to Cracker we'll Jack mode. Yes. So Jason indicates that Batman's not the only one with Cracker. Jack, I mean, with toys, <laughs> and uh, 
Bruce, <laughs> superhero Cracker Jack, I amp up the storyline immediately. <laughs> so Bruce recognizes that uh, Jason has his tech, and that's probably because of the corporate takeover and everything. Uh, but mm. Jason unmasks himself, and Bruce doesn't seem to want to believe that Jason's is actually Jason. But Jason no, says, it can't you've, be. you've probably suspected for a while that it's me. And he takes one of the Batman's batter rings. And shoves uh, it up his ass like you promised you would. Shoves it up his ass. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what he does. Oh, Jason. Oh, they're sharp. Uh, just go back in the Lazarus pit. Uh, fix no, it. He takes one of the batterings and he cuts the back of his head oh, shit. with it for blood. He's, He's like, fucked right, here, up, man. Take a DNA sample. Why uh, the back well, of his head? Why can't he just do the, like a little bit of his finger? <laughs> he he's doesn't want to up. fuck up his fingers, I guess, for the upcoming fights. I don't know. He's been listening to too much Rob Zombie. Probably. <laughs> Nicholas Scratch. You might dig through, through the ditches and burn through the witches. <laughs> uh, but Jason brings up that he, he wants to be what Bruce won't be. He said, quote, If you had killed Joker years ago beyond what happened to me, you know what hell you would have saved this world. Oh, uh, shit. And that's the end of the family reunion he section set up of the, the story. moral line. dilemma. Yeah, that we see in the crackerjack mode of yes. the movie. So we're getting closer to crackerjack. Okay, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just amping you up for this. Uh, in, in Batman 400, I mean, Batman 645, uh, we cover a little bit of the flashbacks of Jason's time of Batman. So this is kind of in the movie. Uh, in the movie, we see Robin uh, with Batman fighting the Riddler. Okay, if you rem- might remember uh, Riddler at the, in those moments is actually voiced by Bruce Tim, okay. which I oh, think wow. is funny. Uh, he doesn't have any dialogue. He just does the grunts. Oh, yeah. Uh, but in the comic, it's not the Riddler. It's uh, good old from down under, Captain Boomerang. Captain Boomerang. Captain Boomerang. Hello, here I am. <laughs> Please tell me you have lines from him. Uh, <laughs> cut. Oh, I got a few. Here's a boomerang for your face. Here it comes back to me right now. I caught it. Yeah. Then he cuts the back of his head with his <laughs> boomerang. boomerang. And that's when we knew Jason always had a thing for that. <laughs> <laughs> but Batman, got boomerangs Batman and is, batarangs. Yeah. Batman digs up uh, the coffin of Jason Todd. And he reveals that he actually asked the same coffin maker to make uh, Jason's coffin as the one who made his parents. <laughs> with an <coffins>. eject button. <laughs> <laughs> that's how he got out. Jason is like, I could have used this earlier. Boing. <laughs> But no, there's a man named Giovanni Loscanso. And so Giovanni Loscanso creates, made the coffins for both Thomas and Martha Wayne, and then years later for Jason Todd. Mm-hmm. This guy must be old as fuck if he made... He is, yeah. Okay. He has they Hold on there, Batman. Um, yeah. Let me put down my cannoli. I'll get over here to draw your coffin up. <laughs> That's a very bad <laughs> So he had... But he had arthritis. He had really bad arthritis and initially yeah. turned down it the just idea... just keeps getting worse. ...of doing the coffin for Jason Todd, so he had his son do it. And this is where it's thematically relevant, where Batman says, quote, Loscazo said his son did a better job than had he built it himself, that his son was easily a greater artist than he had ever been. That is a father's hey, a no problem. Triumph, he said, to have a son surpass his own excellence. So Batman is kind of haunted by the idea that Jason might actually be better than him. In terms of cleaning up Gotham, he's almost oh, tempted to think they're that... relating this thematically with the coffin maker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's a I no gotcha. problem. One coffin is just like another coffin. Hold a dead body. You know we're all the same anyway. 
Good to a see six, you again, Bruce Six Wayne. feet under, we yeah. all the same. <laughs> so, man, yeah. my Italian accent is not there. Dude. It, it I is, really got to work on it. It's a Mia Mario. Oh, there it's we go. Mia Mario. <laughs> that's your. It's that's, a father's that's greatest triumph. That's it, man. That's it. Uh, so Mozzarella. It is interesting because it's almost like Batman is wondering if if the no if the uh, line that Jason's willing to cross maybe that's a good thing, based off of what. So Jason's Batman's been like, saying. maybe I should have killed more people. Maybe I should have killed Joker. <laughs> And thus he turns into Ben Affleck and <laughs> for Superman Donna. It's Dig okay if I shoot him with my Batmobile guns. Yes, then, it's not then, actual killing. Then cue the Rob Zombie music. Yes. Oh, that would be amazing. I would ben be Affleck not is just mowing Running down. over people. Do, 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be not against Rob Zombie soundtrack being the... <laughs> In the Batmobile, better than Junkie XL. We already we already have fucking Nirvana as part of the yeah, Batverse right now, so yeah. why not, man? Yeah. Although Rob Zombie is admittedly a lot cheesier. Nirvana is <laughs> pretty much not a cheesy band. You're a cheesy band. I would band. definitely be down for Dracula being the main soundtrack in the Batmobile. That'd be wicked. Yeah. That would be actually pretty cool, especially would, if you're gunning like, down. Go ahead. Especially Wolfie. if you're mowing down thugs, you know. Yeah. Just like I hear it already. And then Basically, this version, <laughs> yeah. the Nightmare Batman, and the Batmobile is like a like a, a hot rod, just yeah, big wheels on the back, tiny little ones on the front, just like gunning so, them down. Alfred assures Bruce that the son has not surpassed the father, and this is not at all you know the same thing. And as Bruce examines it, he realizes I've been stupid because there's never been a body in this coffin. So basically, uh, Talia helped Jason. Uh, cover up his tracks over here and put an empty coffin instead of the one that he broke out of. What's in it for him, For her, Ben? Again, my so, question. So she can bone Jason. Is that really what it is, though? That's what She's it seems stuck? to be in Lost Days. Uh, Jason's just got a big old wang. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Throwing it around town. No. Just so that <laughs> Throwing it around the missed opportunity, Grant Morrison, to have Jason say, I fucked your mom to Damien. He fucked up. You need to do a little bit <laughs> there more was, fucking there was magic a, and fucking occult shit. Figure that shit out. There was a storyline in Grant Morrison's Batman and Robin where Dick Grayson was Batman and Damien was Robin, and they were facing Jason Todd's Red Hood, and that was the opportunity, Grant. You missed it. You done oh, fucked up. Damn. You even you even get one fucking PG thirteen. Yeah, you probably get one fucking each comic because aren't comics around PG thirteen? Yeah, level? yeah. You could even bleep, have bleeped it out. You know, yeah, right? Yeah. Why not? yeah. Especially yeah, if everything is canon, Grant. Everything is canon, That's even true. Red Hood. The they Lost should have drew. They should have drew him doing this. <laughs> in the comic. Like, oh man! I oh, fucked my mom. You new fucking, twist, Jason. I'm gonna fucking kill you, dude. New twist is Jason is Damien's real dad. Dude. Yeah. Bruce. Then Damien. Bruce is like, Woo. <laughs> oh, you knew all that shit. It explains buddy. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Get rid of, I could save up some more money from our batarangs. No <laughs> child support for me. <laughs> I mean, I, I could pay for it, but I mean, you know, <laughs> why if, would I? If yes. I if you I, can I, never have too many. If he's not mine, if he's not mine, I mean, you yeah. know, you go ahead, Jason. Uh, the next storyline is called Franchise, and that's Damien Todd. Yeah, Damien Todd. <laughs> the next storyline is called Franchise, and that's where Red Hood starts killing off more of Black Mass men, and that's where he blows up the top of Black Black Mass headquarters with the uh, missile with the missile launcher. As you saw in the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's you better watch out. Yeah. So Black Mask now complains to Lee about how did the hell did Red Hood take out my building? Am I, don't I have a security man? And then they find the security man and Black Mask kills him. Uh, and Lee <laughs> Hi, like, I'm Mini. security man. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody call? 
Leaves Blam. like most of the other security were killed in the blast and blast and Black Mask like, how did you get out? And Lee's like, I ran after you. Black Mask is like, you're quick. And Lee's like, yeah, I take spinning class three times a week. All I want to see now is like har, something har. called like the F the F list league zeros, and yeah. it's like polka dot man, crazy quilt, and security man, security man, all <laughs> teaming up, dude. Yeah. Like war Suicide Squad at this point is definitely like a B team. Yeah. We Compared need like the, this, I want to yeah. see the F team. I want to see like really <laughs> shitty, yes, super shitty characters. Polka Dot Man <laughs> of Crazy Quilt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so a, that would be amazing. Here's a new character who shows up. Kite Man. Black Black Mass wants Red Hood dead, and he hears a voice say, "Sounds good. Want some help?" And he turns around, and Slade Wilson, aka Deathstroke, is there. Oh yeah. So both he turns Red to Hood, the camera and yeah. breaks the fourth wall. Oh, that's the other guy. That's the other guy. Yeah. With Isai Morales reprising his role. Yes. It's like, I don't guess, I guess he's he not. He was still actually. the best one. He yeah. uh, Red Hood and Batman are spying and see Deathstroke, and they're both like, damn it. So uh, this ties in a little bit to Infinite Crisis because Deathstroke is trying to recruit Black Mask into, quote unquote, the society, which is like another Legion of Doom type of thing. How many groups we got going on? I know. We've got guy, that. We've got the Injustice League. <laughs> gang warfare. It's yeah. just gangs. So Deathstroke decides he's going to hook him up with the society to help him kill Jason Todd. So Deathstroke is not going to fight Red Hood himself, which is kind of disappointing. I don't fight bullheaded kind motherfuckers. Of but uh, instead, we got... It's uh, my one rule. <laughs> I don't fight former sidekicks. I so. can't stay away from that freeze fuck, and I stay away from Red Hood. So Something about bulls, man. Eat. I eat from plates, Here's, So if you guys remember, there was the uh, fearsome hand of four. Who is the, the assassins who fight Batman and Red Hood in it? But in the original comic, it was a group of from the society, and one of them was a guy named Captain Nazi, who's a blind guy. <laughs> Maybe let's not have him on the F list. He's a, he's a black and white. He's got black and white vision in, with these goggles. He's Z list. We're he, not. We're keeping him out. Apparently, he's an actual Nazi. That's why we're keeping him from out. the world. He, from the F list league fights Captain Nazi. Fights him. Yeah, <laughs> I'm casting this whole thing right now. All right, cool. <laughs> Christoph Waltz is Captain Nazi. Actually, yes. Whoa. Boom. That's it. Uh, and then they also have the hyena, who is a uh, basically a human hyena. Um, <laughs> it's actually one of Harley Quinn's pets. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they're the ones who end up trying to take out Jason, and Batman shows up to help fight him. So that's similar to the movie. Uh, but their way of defeating them is different. So uh, Jason injects hyena with an adrenaline. Uh, Spike and they steal part of uh, the third member's cape. So the third member is revealed to be Captain, not Captain, Count. <laughs> there's already Captain Nazi. Yeah. Uh, the third member is Count Vertigo, the Green Arrow uh, villain. Yeah, that's so, basically his Joker, right? Yeah. Uh, not quite. His Riddler. His Riddler, probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'd say his Joker's probably Merlin. Oh yeah. 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 Or yeah, yeah. his Roz is Merlin. He anyway. looked pretty cool in the show. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they st- he, Batman steals part of Vertigo's cape and makes Hyena smell it so that Hyena goes after uh, Vertigo instead. Hyena might have a place on the F-League. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Captain Nazi <laughs> is not going to make it to the F-League because Jason kills him. <laughs> Blah! So, Jason kills him immediately. He's like, Sight unseen, he's just like, nope, not doing it. Boom! It's yeah. like, like Slipknot in Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Yeah, so in this version, uh, Jason does kill Captain Nazi. Uh, 
on air. So uh, he kills him the same way that he kills the guy in the movie where he brings the taser up to his goggles and it makes his eyes explode. Holy schmanoli. Yeah. Uh, And so Jason does turn to Batman and he's like, just be glad I only killed the Nazi. (laughs) So (laughs) So far, I'm morally kind of okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I'm not even in gray yet, really. (laughs) I have black friends. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. There's a narration. Lucius and... um, Luke Fox and uh, Tiffany Fox and uh, that's it. Yeah, everybody in the Fox family. <laughs> I'm a rich white guy. I'm, yeah. fr- I'm I live with a rich white guy. <laughs> <laughs> so Alfred remembers in the narration that Jason once told him Batman could never be as powerful as the other costume villains because even as a kid he said, "quote They all know he won't kill him." They, I mean, they all know that that he won't kill them. Right. So this is a fucking pansy, bro. Yeah. So even <laughs> as a kid, Jason thought Batman was a pansy. So yeah, God Alfred. Damn. Alfred comments that Jason doesn't understand that what mo- what most people fear most about Batman isn't his strength, not just his image, but it's his resolve. What I think is pretty much pretty accurate. I would say it's that ninja training. Batman will hang. Yes. From the rafters without you knowing for hours until he <laughs> decides it's time to strike. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. You were exactly right there, exactly, Wolfie. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. This leads us into the final story called All They Do Is Watch Us Kill. Final story. Yes. So, let me ask you a question. Crackerjack mode? <laughs> Crackerjack mode is enabled. <laughs> I knew that was Initiate. coming. Initiate. Yes. Initiate Crackerjack mode. Woo! So, Alfred reveals that he and Bruce have a pastime of collecting first edition books. So, maybe we should add this to the Batman lifestyle Oh, list. yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Jason, Our most popular episode, by the way. Yes, yes. So far. Thank you. Oh, wow. Thank you. Uh, Jason sends a first edition book that is obviously not an actual book. And Alfred uses equipment to open it and tells Batman to not worry because he is, quote unquote, quite adept at incendiaries, Master Bruce. <clears throat> so this is uh, Judd Winnick adding in a little more to that, you know, ex-SAS Alfred. Okay. That uh, Alfred knows how to, knows his way around bombs. And inside the book is not any pages about anything, but simply a lock of green hair to reveal that Jason has the Joker. Oh, shit. Enable Crackerjack mode. So, <laughs> God damn. Red Hood, Whoa! in the meantime... Do you fucking kill him? Red Hood, idiot. in the meantime, uh, says basically tells Black Mask, if you want me to lay low, you need to kill all your men. So Black Mask is like left without any choice and kills his own men and ends up in a fight with Red Hood when Red Hood's like, all right, you're next. And Black Mask is pissed off, of course. <laughs> like, he went through all this bullshit just to fight this guy. And Bla- and Red Hood just taunts him being like, you know, you might have your fancy mask and your cool name, but all in all, you're just another gangster. You're just another guy with a bowl on your head. It's like, it's not a bowl, damn it. It's a skull mask. <laughs> <laughs> and I have guy. the high ground. It's I'm, over. I'm so badass. <laughs> you are my brother, Anakin. Wait, no, that's the it's like a, 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 a raising can, Arizona. Yeah. When he says, "Boy, you got a panty on your head. Boy, you got a bowl on your head." So Batman <laughs> arrives to see the black Just mask and red guy hood. Bowl. Yeah, Batman <laughs> arrives to see the black mask and red hood fight, and it ends with black mask stabbing red hood to death with a pool cue. Damn. End of Red Hood. No, there's more to it. Wait uh, a minute. Yeah, so Black Mask <laughs> removes the red helmet just to see, like, you know, all right, who was the son of a bitch who did it? And it's a fat dude with a mustache. And Batman I, I have, is I got relieved. nothing on this one. Huh? 
Uh, I mean, the only the only mustachioed man I know is is that there Jim Gordon, but he ain't fat. So Jim Gordon is dead. No, like it's it, <laughs> it's a rando that Jason took to be his decoy, and Jason is actually elsewhere speaking through the helmet. Uh, oh, okay. While he holds Joker hostage, he's a better smart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, also, it's revealed that Jason already killed Lee, uh, Black Mass accomplice. So Lee in the movie uh, survived, but in the comic, when uh, he was a he. Uh, he was basically killed as a message for Black Mask. Uh, so Black Mask uh, finds out, he figures out, based off of Batman's reaction or relief at seeing the face of the Red Hood, that uh, Batman actually knows who the Red Hood is. And he criticizes Batman for not only knowing who he is, but sort of letting him go free. And Batman's like, you know, shut up. In the end, you're just another gangster. And Black Mask is like, he said that too. And then he right. figures it out. Oh, quote, oh, you don't just know him. You actually know him. This is one of your people who stepped off the reservation. And I thought Whoa. I had problems, he says. So uh, Batman sort of goes off to find out where the hell Jason is, and he knows that Jason has the Joker. Uh, there's an additional scene of Jason and the Joker where Joker kind of asks him, why haven't you killed me yet? And he's like, maybe you're just like daddykins. Yeah, and Jason, in response, kicks him and stabs him in the shoulder. <laughs> God, <laughs> yes, uh, God. And Joker JT, brings up, baby. oh, like maybe uh, you you saw it was more fun on my side of the line, right? You know, on my side of the street. And Jason decides to wound Joker's pride by being like, "Well, you're not as crazy as ever as you want everyone else to believe. You're not as special, type right, of thing. Right, right. And you're it's getting old. You. And you're getting old too." Uh, <laughs> So Joker's Joker, got arthritis. For, Joker for once stops smiling because of that. Uh, but that leads mm. into the Crackerjack third Woo! act of Batman confronting Jason at Crime Alley. We have made it, y'all. Significant because Crime <laughs> Alley is not just the birthplace of Batman, where that yeah. was where his parents were killed, but it is also the first meeting where okay. Jason met Batman by, as shown in the movie, trying to steal the wheels off the Batmobile. Okay, if you remember that nice. flashback in there. He's trying to put together the Batmobile like in the ZX Spectrum game that you guys know. That's a deep cut. Go back to Batman video games part one episode. Do it one piece at a time. Uh, But there's an additional (laughs) part of this. Put uh, that thing together. There's an additional part of this, but it's part of Infinite Crisis where as part of the society's plan in Infinite Crisis, they drop a villain named Chemo. Kimo, he, he sounds like he's going to be in the league. Uh, yeah. The well, F League. Kimo is basically made up of a diff- bunch of different chemicals and stuff. They drop Kimo into Bloodhaven. Kimo is uh, made of a bunch of different chemicals. He's made from a bunch of... This yeah. sounds like chemotherapy. <laughs> That's what it was, yeah. Oh, okay. Right. I, I, as part of my chemotherapy, I watched Batman fight Kimo in Batman the Brave and the Bold because I was like, this is a fantastic episode for me to watch right now. Damn, but man. yeah, he's a, he's a giant uh, green thing made of green chemicals but essentially he gets dropped into Bloodhaven as like a suicide bomber to spill out all the chemicals and kill everybody in Bloodhaven uh, and potentially killing Dick Grayson in the process No. so uh, Jason taunts Batman being like ah you're too late again we're never gonna see another butt shot and we're never gonna see another ass shot of Nightwing so uh, Batman tries to go to Bloodhaven but Jason brings up hey if you try to go I will kill you and also, uh, there's no way Nightwing could have survived that. And if you try to leave, someone else will die tonight. Uh, so that leads into the big fight that goes into the big confrontation with the Joker. Now, this is where Judd Winnick basically did 
the same thing from comic to movie. Okay. The dialogue is almost exactly the same between the big confrontation it's just at the end. entirely too crackerjack to Which, keep just yeah, on the page. Exactly. Like, if it, if it ain't broke, <laughs> don't fix it type of thing. Uh, if, if it's too crackerjack, then, then don't mess with crackerjack. Don't dilute the crackerjack. Don't cracker mess jack. with it, boy. You just keep on going. The only main difference <laughs> is that in the comic, when Batman when Batman turns his back and Jason tries to shoot him with a gun, uh, well, in, in the movie, Batman turns around and throws a batarang uh, to make the gun explode when Jason shoots. In the comic, however, he throws a battering and it gets into Jason's neck. So that's the main difference over there. Oh, it uh, lodged into the scar that he already had from the crowbar. No, from doing the thing with the oh. battering. Well, I mean, he goes into this part of the neck. <laughs> oh. not the neck <laughs> it's like Ace Ventura fucking getting the <laughs> one uh, arrow in one leg and then the, yes. <laughs> and the other leg. <laughs> so that's the the final confrontation, basically the same except for that, and then. Uh, Jason has rigged the place to explode, and it blows up, uh, leaving Batman separated from both Joker and Jason Todd. And then it says at the end of the comic, to be continued in one year later. So, uh, that was the end of the Under the Red Hood storyline, but uh, just to fill you in on what happened afterwards, in the storyline Infinite Crisis, Batman does end up surviving the explosion, obviously. Goes to Bloodhaven, now that Jason isn't around, and finds that Nightwing is there. Nightwing survived... Uh, because he wasn't even in Bloodhaven, he was in New York at the you time. You need for that different... ass in there, boy. Yeah, All right. because you still need Nightwing. You need Dick and Dick's ass in there. <laughs> so, uh, Superman helps the survivors, and Batman and Nightwing go off to fight in Infinite Crisis. And there's a part where there's a nice character moment where Batman almost needs reassurance from Dick Grayson, and he asks, like, "Hey, those early years, they were good for you, weren't they?" And Nightwing says, "Whoa, the... not like that, Bruce." No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, Nightwing says oh, the man. best, and so it still kind of shows like, hey, like at least that bond is not severed. Like that, at least they yeah. are still necking. Like one of the best things I realized on rewatching Under the Red Hood in preparation for this episode is that Nightwing and Batman have a level of teamwork that is just the way that they work together. You just don't see it like that in any of the live action adaptations and how well they work together. They're they, so they insane. understand each other. Yeah, yeah. The, the Bruce Greenwood Batman and the Neil Patrick Harris Nightwing in this are, are very in sync with each other and mainly it, it, jason todd is insane but D- tim drake just what is his main beef then generally with batman does he have he usually doesn't have one he's just less but just not in sync well i mean it's not that it's just no he, beef but not in sync. dick grayson is like the original robin you know like he knows him so the they, best. Ri- they write him more in sync i can understand yeah, yeah that. like he's known him the longest out of all those he was yeah, the yeah, original yeah. And yeah. so he's he's the first son tim's the least out as of the most. bruce's worries it seems like yeah that's as true. a Robin. Yeah. He's yeah, just, yeah. that's Maybe a Tim, real good kid. That's a real Tim, sharp kid right there. Tim thinks that he's the smarter than Bruce, maybe. Secretly. Nah, may, Secretly. I don't know if he really feels that way. Nah, maybe, maybe not. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I, I always felt like, you know, Dick Grayson's very defined because he's had like 80 years to develop. Yeah. Jason Todd's very defined. Tim Drake is kind of like a diluted Dick Grayson to me, personally. I'm The Tim fans are going to They always me. make it to where he's... <laughs> really fucking smart though like that's pretty much his main thing but i'm just like yeah but like you can't make him too smart because otherwise like where's what's batman gonna do you know that's true so but if he kick does, back have a drink or on two. this tangent but if he yeah have a drink if he does uh outsmart bruce a lot in, a, mm-hmm. in, in, in at least in one run yeah then that would be kind of cool writing because yeah. bruce would be like damn i'm getting old what the fuck you know or something i don't Maybe. know yeah. it'd be kind of <laughs> yeah. interesting yeah 
Uh, and then Damien's very defined. But Tim Drake always felt to me like he's kind of cool, but like I always I prefer the other Robins because they feel like the they're they just have stronger characterization in, in my mind uh, based mm-hmm. on what I've read. Fair enough. Right. Uh, but during the big crossover, they kind of end up going on their own self-discovery journey, which leads into the storyline one year later. Uh, and that's what ends up... Rev- that's where, a year after Infinite Crisis and stuff, that's where we find out what Jason's been up to. Because obviously he survives the explosion, and that's not covered in, into the movie. The movie kind uh-huh. of leaves it ambiguous. Uh, but the big question is, what happened to Jason after the explosion? What happened after the movie and stuff? He jumped mm-hmm. in the Lazarus pit again. No. <laughs> well, he survived, but there are a bunch of comics that do cover the next part. One that takes place in the Nightwing storyline. Okay. And the other one that takes place uh, in Green Arrow storyline, actually. Okay. And that one is written by Judd Winnick again. So that's kind of the unofficial sequel to Under the Red oh. So oh, That's uh, interesting. Right. Those are the ones that you guys can uh, check out who are listening. But if yes. you are part of our Patreon, I will do a deep dive into the sequels to Under Ooh, the Red Hood. the deeper dive. As well as the, basically the confrontation that you guys have probably been anticipating, which is what happens when Jason Todd meets his successor, Tim Drake. So, right, uh, right, right. the comic of Under the Red Hood, that we know as Under the Red Hood, uh, was written by Judd Winnick, as we keep talking about. Uh, art was by a whole variety of artists, uh, Doug, either Mank or Manky. Uh, Manky. Is Manky? Yeah, I, I believe I've so. heard Manky, too. Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Uh, Paul He's Lee, great. Shane Davis, and Eric Battle. And the inkers were Tom Wynn, Cam Smith, Wayne Foucher, Rodney Ramos, and Larry Stucker. Uh, so, those are... Pretty much the main differences between the comics and the movie. What did you guys mm. think? Do you guys agree with me that they probably made the right choices in adapting this comic? Well, for you, go. I think for sake of, you know, fitting it into an, a snappy feature-length film, then yeah, it seems like there are a few tidbits in the from the comic, um, like the different characters that were sent to attack them the different uh villains that were sent to attack them as opposed to in the movie how it's just like what are they called the four the hand fearsome hand of four the fearsome hand of four yeah 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 i like that they consolidate those kind of things so you're not left with all these things you're like wait what about this wizard guy who was Mm -hmm. just fighting him or some shit but indeed i'm i'm glad that there are uh uh the differences in the comics to the movie too because now after recapping all this i really want to go back and read the under the red hood uh run yeah. that we talked about there's some interesting stuff definitely mm-hmm. but yeah I think they made the right choices yeah 100% agree I mean it seems like they made all the right decisions in what knowing what to cut mm-hmm. I mean having the actual same guy do it too yeah, yeah. went like that's yeah. they need to do that more often probably but uh, yeah I mean obviously it's one of the best obviously they, obviously they made some of the best decisions because mm-hmm. this is like a top tier DC animated movie so yeah so yeah I mean it was great yeah yeah I'd say the only thing that I prefer in the comic over the movie is Black Mask I think Black Mask in the movie he's adequate but he's kind of he gets the shaft the most yeah he's kind Mm -hmm. of a generic mobster in a a mask that is pissed off all the time in the comic he's he's pretty funny uh, while also still being menacing and stuff so he he feels like more of his own character Uh, not quite to the more like over the top level that as the Ewan McGregor one in Birds of Prey, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's yeah. sort of in between. There's That's not really take. much to describe it, but I, th- I thought it was it was a great take on Black Mask it, uh, that I like a lot better than some of the other takes on it. 
Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, going back to Cracker Jack mode real quick too, <laughs> the movie itself it will is mainly remembered, I think anyway, is remembered mainly for that third act, yeah. Yeah. the showdown. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I just have to give a shout out to the voice actors yeah. in this scene. I do not know their names. Jensen Ackles is the Red Hood. Yeah. Uh, John DiMaggio, who's most famous as Bender in Futurama, yeah. uh, is the Joker. Bite my shiny metal ass. And uh, <laughs> Batman was Bruce Greenwood. Okay. Nice. These people are incredible, mm-hmm. and it's just so like when you, I've seen it two or three times actually, yeah. especially the first time you're just taken aback. Like it's just so that the the, mm-hmm. the emotions run so high. It's funny because I had read this comic before the movie. Yeah. Yet, a like the movie threw me because I was just like, holy shit! I don't remember the comic being this good. Yeah. And B, every t- when I reread the comic ending, I can't help but hear the voices. Oh yeah, for sure. Because the dialogue it's, is exactly the same for the most on, part. It's just yeah. on on edge, man. You're yeah. on edge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I say the again. I'd say the MVP is Jensen Ackles in that okay. scene. Okay, yeah, it's, it's Red yeah. Hood. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I there. think so. That's what I remember too the most out of that scene. Yeah, out of everybody else being incredible. Um, it's just heart pounding oh. when he's like, "I'm going to blow the Joker's brains out, and if you're going to have yeah. to stop me, you're going to have to shoot me in my face." Exactly. I was like, "Fuck!" The, the <laughs> I'm gonna make this second as hard time as I watched this, I watched it with my brother, and my brother, he's a dark boy. Yeah. He loves everything super dark, <laughs> mm-hmm. and like he actually doesn't like any of the Marvel movies. But I was like, "Hey, let's watch this. Enough. I think you'll like this." Yeah. I know you're a dark boy, and he was. When we finished <laughs> watching it, he was like, "That was incredible." <laughs> yeah, dark boy. No, it's fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, check out yeah. Under the Red Hood. Uh, as of this recording, it for whatever reason, it switched from HBO Max to DC Universe. I don't know why mm. they did that, considering Dummies. that DC Universe is probably going to discontinue their streaming service once it becomes DC Universe Infinite. Uh, they, they, they are, it's January 1st. Yeah. That's when there's no it's more January, yeah. uh, streaming yeah. on there. It's going to be just a comic service. Which, honestly, I'm fine with, because yeah. I use it most of the time for the comics anyway Marvel also also Marvel has Marvel Unlimited what's it called they Marvel their, Unlimited yeah they have their own thing yeah so like, this is DC's answer to that like just pretty a, much yeah. a comics thing just they keep got it fucking there. HBO anyway keep the DC hub mm. anyway and yeah. what else we got Ben uh, we have yeah you can also check out the Under the Red Hood comics uh, on DC Universe or DC Universe Infinite as it'll be called in the future so that'll probably definitely be on uh, and in the meantime, you can check out our Patreon, where we will be diving deep into, uh, if you're part of our $5 tier, we'll be diving deep into the other aspects of Jason Todd's return in what happened after Under the Red Hood, as well as him meeting Tim Drake for the first time. So, that is Kick our ass. show. Uh, so... <clears throat> Uh, just to wrap the show, we usually try to address some of the comments that we got uh, in our YouTube videos. So oh. on our video about Batman 5 uh, on the script Batman Dark Knight by writers Lee Shapiro and Stephen Wise, we got a comment from Axel Martinez. Thank you, Axel. It says, Batman Dark Knight would have been a sequel to Batman Forever, erasing Batman and Robin, making it a soft reboot. Which, honestly, Axel, I hadn't thought of that, that before. There aren't really a lot of references to Batman and Robin in Batman Dark Knight. And Barbara Wilson is not featured in the script at all, or even mentioned, I don't think. So that could have actually worked. Uh, Axel says, quote, here's... So you're a fucking genius, my yes. man. <laughs> so <laughs> it says, uh, here's Brother. who I would have cast. Val Kilmer is Bruce Wayne, Batman, so continuing from Batman Forever. Hell uh, yeah. Kilmer returning, which he probably would have been down for now that Schumacher was gone before uh, they would have made Batman Dark Knight. 
Uh, Chris O'Donnell as Dick Grayson slash Robin as a 50-year-old college student at that time. Uh, Michael Goff <laughs> as... Uh, I got that from Kevin Smith, but it is so funny. Michael Goff as Alfred. Uh, Nicholas Cage as Jonathan Crane slash Scarecrow. Uh, Jeff- okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's who Schumacher wanted for Batman Unchained. I don't okay. know if it really fits the Scarecrow I read in the comic, I mean, in, in the script, but... Steve Buscemi. I love that Nick Cage Maybe. loves comics and he named his son Kal-El. Yeah. But I just... I don't know who he'd be great for. Like, he's Ghost Rider, right? But it's just not... I don't know who he, he would be best. He wasn't cast even great for, for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd say he's. I mean, if he's going to be anybody, he's a villain, probably. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. that's a whole. Uh, that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other thing. Apparently, Tim Burton thought he was Superman, though. I know, uh, and he had a fucking like speedo, like the the shorts looked upcoming like, deep dive. Very showing well. the dong the most out of all the fucking. Go look at those shorts of the of the, <laughs> the Kevin Smith. Okay. I mean, uh, the t- Tim Burton uh, Superman. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Goldblum as Kane, Kirk Langstrom slash Manbat, which might feel like a little bit of typecasting considering the fly, but I'm down for it. And uh, yeah. Linda Hamilton as Francine Langstrom. Uh, so, cool. Thank you, Axel. And that sounds like a good cast to me. Uh, another comment from Jalen Johnson on our Was It Really That Bad episode of Batman and Robin. Jalen says, quote, The main takeaway for me with this and the Batman Forever review is that Ben, that ben hates the Burton keaton version of the character i don't know why i mean thank you for listening but i don't know why you have that takeaway personally yes i totally hate keaton that's why i'm wearing a michael keaton <laughs> shirt right now as well as have this, this guy's getting keaton nuts funko but anyway <laughs> oh yeah and also nuts. also voice michael keaton's batman and a bunch of sketches that we did uh he says <laughs> Jalen says personally i think the comparison is a bit flawed the 89 batman was meant to be a throwback to the bob kane bill finger version of the character Schumacher was clearly trying to adapt a different era of the comments. So when Ben says that Clooney's characterization is better, it's a bit of an Apple's Origins comparison for me. Still enjoy your deep dives, though. So, uh, Jalen, thanks for your comment. And, uh, yes, I mean, I agree, of course, that, like, it's obviously different characterizations and stuff. But uh, I personally prefer uh, the more traditional take of Batman, who has the no-kill rule and, and is a bit more of a detective and is a little bit more human uh, than the Bob Kane Bill Finger version. Of course, that's the original version. Uh, but I appreciate a little bit more of what the character evolved into. Uh, that said, of course I love uh, the Burton Keaton version of the character. Otherwise, I wouldn't have this shirt or be super excited to see Keaton uh, return in the Our Flash Bat, y'all. Yeah, yeah, he's, and he's still my favorite in the cowl, at least acting-wise. Characterization-wise, I I stand by what I said in those episodes. But it's also coming from the fact that I wasn't expecting to like the characterization in the Schumacher Batman films as much until we revisited those and I realized just how much of uh, how much they hadn't been given credit MVP in Batman and Robins Alfred though oh yeah yeah, yeah, for sure overall speaking overall but I'm just saying that I think Clooney is in some ways underrated he's not great performance wise in the cowl but the characterization he's given he is Super smart, at least in, in this version. Yeah, and, that's and true. He's figuring out about, shit. I was surprised at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I'm not saying that Michael Keaton's wasn't, but I just think the display of the intelligence uh, in the Schumacher films was a lot more evident, uh, and, and one that I personally uh, liked seeing more. But but you do like Keaton Batman. That's what we're. Getting I do at. like Keaton Batman. Okay. He is my favorite actor in the cowl. He's my favorite Batman actor. But personally, I sort of split it up in terms of. Batman, uh, Bruce Wayne in private, and public Bruce Wayne in terms of the rankings, because those are technically three different roles. 
Uh, it's like Superman of, having three different uh, yeah. uh, alter egos or whatever you call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So for me, uh, Keaton is number one in terms of actor in the cowl. Of course, I'm also on record saying that Adam West is the greatest Batman of all time, and I also stand by that. But in Just terms ask of my like, dad. Yeah. My dad's like, let me tell you something. Yeah. He'd kick Christian Bale's ass. <laughs> <laughs> Any day of the week, Adam West, number you one foul Batman fiend? all time. Yeah. Anybody my dad's age that yeah. watched it, they're like, they don't give a fuck about any other yeah. Batman. Yeah, no. But that's, that's, their, that's he, theirs. He is, like, to me, he's the greatest, almost objectively. But in terms of, like, my personal <laughs> favorites, it would, it, I still, you know, like eating the best performance-wise. You foul wise fiend. You foul fiend. <laughs> Hand me down the bat repellent. No, slide bat down the repellent. bat pole with me. Slide down <laughs> the bat pole with me. Oh, man. You basically have to just crescendo your voice the entire time. <laughs> that's yes. the Adam West impression uh, but yeah that uh, thanks again Jalen for your comment and hope you're enjoying these deep dives alright so uh, yeah moving on from that like to thank Kukanam's Matt Herring Elijah B Shamrock Balls Aaron Willett Ian H Dandy Leomo and Super Inframan tell us how that mug was and <laughs> Please join the Shasta Army at patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod. Most importantly, like Ben said, is a $5 tier in which you get a bonus feed, new episodes every week. We do the deep dive here, but we do the deeper dive behind the paywall, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Going deeper. Um, so, uh, yeah, leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, that'd be great. Most appreciated. And then also uh, use your voice recorder app. And record us a little bumper, a little whatever, a little recording, and then email that bumper to superhousepodcast at gmail.com. You can be on the show, and that'd be awesome. And uh, I'm Thunderwolf Drew on Twitter and Instagram. Please check us out on YouTube and Ben. Uh, you can also check us out on Instagram at Superhero Stuff Pod, and you can follow me on Instagram at Ben Juan Ryder. Over to Wolfie. Hey, it is Wolfie over here. If you want to see some drawings I made, go to Kruzco Comics, C-R-U-Z-Z-C-O-C-O-M-I-X on Instagram. Um, and that's what I'm doing right now currently, as well as hanging out with these bros. Nice. Check out the new show too. We I don't know it's I'm gonna I'm gonna preview it now. Right. Like we have a new show. Either it's gonna already be out or this is a preview for it. But uh, we have a new like kind of shorter episode YouTube only show called The Ben Cave. Yes. Or Bat Bunga Bunga Lounge. As Andrew likes to call this place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, we're, we're, but we it, it's coming out if it's not out already. Check that out. And that's it. Andrew signing off. Ben signing off. listening to the Geekscape Network.